0: That's a big deal, getting up here, actually, and talking about some of that stuff. So thank you for doing that, seniors. Um, like I said earlier, this is my least favorite week of the year. Don't need to belabor that. It's so true. So we have to start the Grad Sunday message on a good note. So how we're going to do that is, seniors, you haven't graduated yet. You haven't graduated yet. How many of you guys still have a test to go? There it is, all of them, perfect. Perfect. How many of you guys, adults included in on this, have ever come to that test? And you know, you you, you come to it and and you write your first name, hopefully you still got that, and then your last name, you're good so far, class period, date, then you get to question number one. Well, that's just a hard one. Let's go to two. We'll save that one for later. Question number two. Did we study this? You know, like, uh, yeah, when you hit that uh uh-oh feeling of, I am not prepared. None of you guys understand that feeling at all. But for the rest of us, we understand that feeling quite well. At least I did. Um, And so, what do you do? Well, hopefully you're as clever as some of these individuals. Let me know if you think they got their teacher gave them credit for these questions. Al, if you want to go for the first one. Okay, draw a plant cell and identify the most important parts. Did they get credit? I mean. All right. Next one, Al. Find X. It's right here. Have you tried that one? Yes. Did you get credit? Okay. Where was the Declaration of Independence signed? Well, at the bottom, of course. Expand. This one takes a little look. Then they grow up. I'm noticing a trend. A lot of math questions here. Okay, this one was more like my fifth-grading spelling test, more like my test now. Do you see the one that they got correct? (laughs) This this is probably my test. Is there enough information in the table to estimate the length of a day on Jupiter? Bacon. Give your reason for your answer. Bacon is always the answer. A-men. Named the quadrilateral. Well, there's Bob and Sam. I mean, for real, how can you not give credit for these? This is great. Briefly, briefly explain what hard water is. Ice. What ended in 1896? 1895! I think we got one more. To change centimeters to meters, you take out Cynthia. And it's meters. Duh. Eric, you're the scientist. How many of these got credit? All of them. Exactly. Exactly. I wish I was that clever in high school. Look, seniors, like I said, you're finishing your exams. You've hopefully not had too many of those uh uh-oh moments. But, guys, you're embarking on the next step. And my, my hope for you guys is that, um, you, you, again, you don't experience too many of those uh-oh moments. I'm not prepared. Look, you're embarking on, on, on your mission, on what Christ has given you as your calling to, to be a disciple, who follows after Christ, who makes disciples. We've talked about that. That's your responsibility. That's what you've entered into, and that's awesome. I don't want you to get to the point where it's then, uh-oh," when it actually becomes a reality. So we're going to look at Second Timothy. Now, typically, when there's a second Timothy, what does that mean there is? There's a first Timothy. And oftentimes um, uh, when there's, um, oftentimes, when there's a grad Sunday. 1 Timothy is what we jump to. It's a very encouraging letter. It really is. From Paul to, to a, young, um, a young adolescent te- uh, teacher at that time in Timothy. And we go there because they're great verses. Like, like don't let any of, of one look down on you for your youth, but set an example. You know, We like these rah-rah kind of verses that are encouraging and, and for good reason. But like you said. Because there's a 1st Timothy, we know there's a 2nd Timothy, and vice versa. And so, instead of that, guys, we've trained you. We've we, we talked. We've have, we have gone through life together. I know that you know the fact that, yes, you are an ambassador. Don't let anyone look down at your youth. Wherever God's got you going, you, you need to uh, be a disciple no matter what, who makes disciples. That's awesome. I want to look at 2nd Timothy. Four years after the fact. Four years after Timothy has been commissioned by Paul to live in Ephesus, a town that many would describe by the saying of what happens in Ephesus stays in Ephesus. It was really kind of a Las Vegas-like town where where just it was a port city where where lots of different trade happens. It was a huge mecca of trade. And with that constant trade, that in-and-out business, there was a feeling of anonymity. Oh, I said it right. Anonymity that was developed in that time that that created a lot of opportunity for some not great things to go on. And this is Tim's backdrop. This is where Tim had to do his ministry. Not an easy place. And so, of course, Paul has to be like, Tim, look, don't let anyone look down on you. You know who our God is. You know who you are called to be. Now do it. This is four years later. This is where Tim hits the uh uh-oh. Am I really cut out? Am I really prepared for this? And what better in this moment than to receive that letter from your mentor, from that man who, who charged you at the beginning, that man, I mean, many of us have had them in our lives, who's just been there step by step in your life. Paul sends him this letter that's what i want us to focus on when being a disciple is tough look at second timothy chapter 2 starting in verse 1 here's what paul says to timothy you then my son be strong in the grace that is in christ jesus and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others what does he say there overarching theme tim you got to be strong. Be strong. Actually, this is a theme for this whole book. You can write under 2 Timothy where it says, just write, be strong. The whole book is about being strong. And it's Paul saying, hey, this is who you've got to be. You've got to be able to be strong in the hardship. Now, Paul actually says it 25 times. Be strong in this book. If you're saying something 25 times to somebody... What does that tell you about that person at that moment they 're pretty weak they 're pretty down it gives us a little bit of insight so seniors i 'm not trying to be a debbie downer here i 'm just saying you do hit those moments where it gets tough where it gets hard and what is our our what is paul's advice to us what is scripture's advice what is god 's advice? look guys, be strong now we could leave it be done okay that's what you got to do just be strong but paul Paul gives three illustrations. Timothy's a young guy. We like stories. We like illustrations. We like things that we can wrestle with and think about. And so he actually gives us three illustrations to point to what he means by how are you supposed to be strong? How are you supposed to be strong when nobody's looking? How are you supposed to be strong when it's opposed? Or how is it supposed to be strong when the group is different? I don't know. Like, how are you? You know the issues that you face constantly. How do you do that? Here's our first example. Verse three: Join with me in suffering, like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serves as a soldier who so, serves as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Okay. No soldier goes through basic training and then gets equipped with the right gear, the right terminology, all the, the, the stuff that goes into making a soldier, and then comes to the front lines, and they're shooting at us, and then runs the other way. That, that's not what we've trained them for. There's, no soldier is like that. They get that back then. Rome is the power at this point. They got military might. They got military discipline. And so Paul instantly is using this terminology that he's used several times before of a soldier. How is a soldier strong? Well, A, he expects that there's a battle. He's not surprised. says, expect the suffering, expect the hardship. Look, as soon as we have come to Christ, and this goes for anybody, whenever we say, Christ, I'm going to follow you, guess what? We get a big target on our back. And, where, and there's an enemy. And where we have an enemy, there's a war. And there's a battle. And we have to realize that because what, in, what enemy doesn't want the element of surprise? And too often I fall for the element of surprise where I get lulled into this sense of normalcy where just kind of life just kind of happens. And I don't really acknowledge that, yeah, actually there is a battle going on. And it matters and it's important and it's fierce. I forget that. And when I forget that, and then I get that surprise attack, that it's hard to be strong. Because who do I quickly turn against? God, what what's going on? Why, why did you let this happen? I mean, everything was going good. and the- God's not sitting there like, no, you weren't prepared. You forgot you're in a battle. Prepare. Seniors, be prepared so you can be strong. Second thing I notice about a soldier here, um, is it says um, in verse 4, no soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. I love that phrase. Because I think it really does kind of uh, describe this really well. That like there are civilian affairs and there, there are things that a soldier um, has to focus on. And they're two separate things. No soldier is, is in a battle and thinking, oh, I wonder what the uh, bear score is back home. You know, like, There are things that a civilian, yes, that really does matter, that they they hold near and dear, but then there are things that a soldier has to be focused on and, and, and in tune with. And those are different. We have a different set of things that hold a near and dear part of our life, a new focus for us. Seniors, you as Christians, have a new focus. Now I know that this actually flies in the face of what we would call the American dream. And this is how I see it, because I don't think this is necessarily just talking about, you know, the big sins. You know, don't get drunk, don't uh, do drugs, and, and, and all these different things. Like, I, I don't think that that's what he's talking about. Because then all, a lot of us could be like, oh, good, we're fine. No, I think Satan's a lot more strategic. I think he's a lot more strategic. And he comes to the table and just, no, look around. Look around. Wouldn't it be nice to have that house? And, and, and they're kids, man, your kids sure aren't like that, good or bad, I guess. you've got different things that start to take hold as we pursue it um, so often that that the house, the the picket fence, the two cars, the wife, the two and a half kids, the dog, you know what, unless you're a cat person, you know whatever, you you pursue this so often here, and we get distracted, not saying that any of those things are bad. Those are awesome blessings, but when that becomes our focus and our priority, which it easily can, especially here, then we lose focus and we get trapped in civilian affairs. When our focus, our dedication, should be that mission, seniors, that we've talked about, of being a disciple who makes disciples. That's our focus. That's our prime objective. And so when we get caught in this, honestly, it makes it really hard to be strong. You know why? Why? Because right here, I really start comparing. I really start looking around. I really start, what about that? And what does that kill? Joy. And there's no way to be a good soldier without joy. It's impossible. It won't happen. There's no way Tim makes it through a hard ministry in a hard town without joy. Last thing I see in a soldier... In this illustration, as it says, um, but rather, the soldier tries to please his commanding officer. This one's pretty easy. It's pretty obvious. Who's the commanding officer? Who's the commanding officer in your life? Who's going to be the commanding officer who gets to call the shots? Again, no soldier's going to chill in a foxhole, and then the commanding officer or the general says, okay, time to move out. No, I like this foxhole. It's pretty comfy. i worked a long time on this foxhole. No. Who gets to call the shots? Seniors, youth, we've talked a lot. Is God God? Or am I God? That's really the question that that everything else boils down to. Who's going to be God? Is God, does He get the right to be God? Or am I going to be God? You want to talk about being able to be strong? How stressful is it to be the one in charge? How stressful is it when Andrew has to play God? You want to add stress? You want to add to the the difficulties of your life? Yeah, be God. That'll do it. We live in a culture that is overwhelmed with anxiety and stress and frustration. I know a lot more plays into that, but I do think this mentality of, I've got got to take care of myself. I've got to take care of my family. I've got to be God. I've got to control everything. Oh, man, that gets exhausting really quickly. When we choose to trust God that He's the general, that He has the bigger picture in mind, what freedom does that give us? Oh, yeah, you can be strong because you know who's in charge. All right, the second illustration. Second illustration that Paul gives uh, to Timothy here. Um, is pretty familiar with some of our seniors. Verse 5, Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. (laughs) Okay. Track and field's going on. I love watching track and field. I did track, and we've got some great track athletes here too. And you get in your starting position, in your lane, got your blocks, you're ready to go. The starter goes on your mark, gets set, Go. How silly would it be if I just took a cut through the, you know, the football field and came to the other side and then, and then came through the finish line. Woo! School record! No. It would be stupid. Gavin, thinking might want to try that. <laughs> no. That's not how it works. We have to compete according to the rules. Don't disqualify yourself, seniors. Look, guys, we have a responsibility, as I said, and I'll keep saying, our responsibility is to be a disciple who makes disciples. And the most important thing that you can get from from don't disqualify yourself is, you know what, it doesn't really matter as much what you do as much as how you do it. Parents, you get this really well, don't you? When two kids are playing together, and eventually it erupts, probably over Legos, because it's always around Legos. You know, but when they, it erupts and they have a fight, and they start going at it. I hate you. Well, you're, you you eat boogers. You know, whatever the fight is, whatever it surrounds itself as, you step in and say, nope, you need to say you're sorry, you need to say you're sorry, and hug it out. That's what my mom did. You know, hug it out, you know. And so, the kids, what do they do? You know, they kind of have their back turned, lip up, sorry sorry okay did they say they were sorry yeah they did they did say they were sorry are they sorry no as soon as mom turns her back then it's like you're oh, going down you know like like that's what what is really going on in their mind seniors just because you cut through the tape on the on the, on the field and, and you cross the finish line have you crossed the finish line it's not what you do as much as it is how you go about doing it. And honestly, isn't that what sin is? It's finding that shortcut on God. That's the very first thing that, that happened with Adam and Eve. What was it? Oh, great, yeah. Oh, you, you want a relationship with God? This is all good and everything? Oh. You know, if you eat this fruit, you don't have to like rely on it. You, you are like God. Well, that sounds great. Then I don't have to deal with this relationship. Oh, this is good. I can. And he eats apple to be like God. Every time we sin, we are trying to take that shortcut. We are trying to shortcut God. Don't do that. Pursue righteousness like that victor's crown that it's talking about. Pursue doing it the right way, even when that's the hardest way. Yeah, going around that track it's hard. Do it right. Do it right. Thirdly, the farmer. This one has a little special spot in my heart. I actually got to farm for for a year, but first let's read the verse. The hardworking farmer, verse 6, excuse me, the hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Like I said, a farmer, hard hardworking farmer. My sophomore year of college, I went home to uh, work um, on a farm and a few other jobs to raise money so I could go back to school. Um, and so when I did this, um, <laughs> I'm not much of a morning person. Ashlyn knows that very well. But I learned I had to get up at 5. I had to be at the farm. I had to do hard tasks. I had to put in hard, long hours Leveling bins, laying down uh, tile into the ground to um, take drainage water away. Um, there was a lot and a lot of work that went into it. But you know what was so great about being a farmer? It's one of the most rewarding jobs because there's harvest season. You want to see farmers you know, just be ecstatic? Wait until harvest season. Go to the local elevator. It's fun. Because they know that all the hard work that they've invested is now reaping that reward. And they get to see it, and it's substantial. And, and, and it was so cool seeing that, okay, yeah, this area of the field that before the year it produced this kind of yield, but since we laid this tile and put in those hours in the trenches and, and, and digging up and, and by hand, you know, all this hard labor, oh, now its yield is, is, is increased by this much.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Guys, you know it. I mean, that's all Northwood's men are. You know, we love to do things with our hands and and, and work, and and we love seeing the results of our labor. That's a really good thing. And it's cool that the farmer is what he uses here, um, but it's important to realize, though, that just because I put on overalls, right, Chase? Overalls are the best. Overalls, a flannel, put a piece of straw in, in my mouth, and then drive a a John Deere tractor really slow on the highway, does that make me a farmer? Is that what makes me a farmer? No. No, that doesn't make me a farmer. Temptation, especially today, seniors. Does it make you a Christian because you come here, put on your bow tie? Does it make you a Christian because... Even if you're in a small group. I mean, these are good things. I'm all for coming to church. I really am. Is it, does it make you a Christian, though, and a disciple maker just because, okay, yep, I read my scripture for the day, boom. No, what, what makes you a Christian is a relationship with Christ. How, what is a farmer known by? Not his clothes, not his tractor, his fruit. The harvest. What's produced? Christians, what are we known by? What's produced? What's produced? Now, I want to be very clear that the temptation is to make this a cause-effect relationship. Whereas a farmer, you know, like, okay, I do this, and then I get this reward. Oftentimes we come to the table, okay, God, fine, I'm going to be really good about having a relationship with you. I'm going to read my Bible, dedica- you know, really dedicatedly, and I'm going to go to church every Sunday. I'm going to get every star put on my, my record for that. And then when something goes wrong, again, who do we blame? I'm noticing a trend. We go back to, God, God, I've done all this. We're, you got to realize, that harvest for the farmer is months away. Unfortunately, too often we, we expect that immediate result. Like the farmer, yeah, he gets the first fruits, but those fruits, when do they come? They come much later. Yes, following Christ, there are some incredible thing, benefits to this life. God is God. He knows how to do life pretty well. He kind of created it. He knows the best way for us to do it. But our ultimate reward, our ultimate harvest, our ultimate fruit, it's coming later. And we need to understand that. Our Christian growth, that, yeah, we need to put a lot of work and effort and time and thought into it and build that relationship with Christ because that's that's critical, seniors. If you hear nothing else, build into that relationship. But that doesn't guarantee that things go smooth. Verse 7. I love this. He just says, reflect on what I'm saying. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Seniors, log this away. Log this away. Log this section of Scripture away. These are just ways of being strong. You can look at this, pull different ideas, different thoughts. Okay, I need to be like a soldier. I need to be like a farmer. I need to be like an athlete. That's great. I reflected on these things for, for, for um for this week and a couple weeks past and stuff, and I've reflected. I came up with two keys. These things I need you to memorize and cement in your mind. This is what will keep you from being in that situation where you're like, okay, I know I'm a disciple who needs to be making disciples, and you hit real life, you hit college, you hit your job, you hit that friend group, and it's, uh-oh, I don't, I'm not prepared for this. Okay, be strong. How do you be strong? Two keys. Two keys. First one, keep perspective. You know I've hammered this a million times, but it's so critical, guys. Look, no, what are our illustrations? A soldier. No soldier gets the victory without a lot of work and time. No athlete gets the crown that he's expecting without a lot of dedication, hard work, effort, and running the race the right way. No farmer, as we said, gets the harvest right away. Keep perspective. What we're working towards is not for here. What we're working for is much more in the future. Heaven is coming and it's going to be great and we will actually experience this reward and it will be worth it. Is it hard? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is. You guys are ready. Look how Paul continues in his letter, and I love this. You know, Timothy, again, he's a pastor. Hey, remember Jesus Christ? Well, yeah, it's kind of a big deal in all of this. Remember Jesus Christ, though? Remember he was raised from the dead? He, he, he's descended from David. What's Paul saying here? Remember Jesus? Remember he's powerful enough to pull off Easter? To back up what he's saying, that he's God? Do you remember that guy? Yeah, remember that. Oh, and and remember, yeah, he's a descendant of David. Okay. He's faithful. He's he's made certain promises to us, and one being that I'm going to come from, from David. So not only is our God powerful, but he's also faithful to us. That's a dangerous combo, seniors. Paul got it. I was like, not only is my God incredibly powerful, but he can back it up and he cares about me enough to stay true to what he's promised to me. It gave Paul, he says, look, this is my gospel. This is my good news that I've got that kind of a God. This is my gospel for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. Paul is days away from being killed, executed for his faith. And he's like, and it's worth it. I'm chained. God ain't. I am chained to this wall. And you know what? It's really alright. I can be strong because I know that my God is powerful and he can back it up. And I know the truth that he says that, that. oh yeah, this reward is coming. This victory is coming. This harvest is coming. This crown is coming. Oh, I know he can back it up and he's faithful. guys. That's the kind of trust. That's the kind of resilience that we have to hold on to in order to do exactly what Paul says he wants to do. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect that they may uh, may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus for eternal glory. How do you be a disciple who makes disciples? You get that. (laughs) That's tough. That's something that you will continue to do as you go about life. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't, oh, great, now I have perspective, excellent. It's a daily reminder. Second key, first key perspective, second, and I skipped this intentionally. Hopefully some of you are like, Andrew, we need to have a talk afterwards. because I've got a little heresy mixed in here. Strength does not come from who you are, but whose you are. your strength doesn't come from who you are, and you guys are incredibly talented, but whose you are. You can look at the screen if you're confused. Verse 1 again. You then, my son, you then, Timothy, be strong, period. No. Did you see a period there? There's no period there. I looked in a lot of translations, no period. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Don't be strong in your own ability to do these things, seniors. Don't look at this and be like, oh, yeah, okay, keep perspective, and then, um, and then I need to be like a soldier, and I, I need to be like, okay, I can do that, and, and I need to obey my general, okay, I can do that. You know, Don't sit here and think, this is, this is up to me. This is all me. I, I've got to work harder. If you walk away from this sermon thinking, I've just got to do better, I've got to work harder, I, I've missed the mark, and I'm sorry. What I want you to walk away from the sermon is saying, the only way you can be strong, the only way you can do these things that you've been asked and required to do is through staying close to Jesus Christ. What is grace? Grace is something given that we don't deserve. That's the very definition of Jesus Christ. We don't deserve a Savior. He says we're enemies, rebellious, really not, not good for much, but I'm giving you my Son. Seniors, don't forget that. That's the only way that you're going to do this. Because think of the soldier. The soldier, yeah, he could go Rambo out there. But where is his efforts maximized? Under the strategy of the general, who sees the big picture, who sees the whole approach. The athlete, yeah, there are some incredible athletes who can do incredible things, but no athlete reaches full potential until it's under a coach who has the playbook who knows how to maximize your performance, who knows the ways to push you. A farmer can do a lot to make a crop. But what is he ultimately relying on? He's relying on the climate. He's relying on rain. He's relying on sun. He's relying on on osmosis and all these things and photosynthesis and all these things that, that, that happen in science class. They say that I don't understand, but that they say happens and when it does, it produces a crop. Seniors, you're responsible. You have things that you are called to do. But the ultimate reality is it's God who's going to work in you. So stay close no matter what. Keep perspective and stay close to God because it doesn't, the strength doesn't come from who you are, but whose you are. Those are my keys. Honestly, if you can remember those two things, you're going to be all right. You're going to be able to be strong. I want to transition one more time. Seniors, I want you to go ahead and come up one more time. Just come right here in the middle. I'm going to move this back just a tad. Come on up. You didn't fall asleep on the couch, so that's pretty impressive. At this time, can I go ahead and have their parents or um, anybody who's um, in their family come up and stand by your graduate? And then with them, can I have, um, oh, yeah, come on up, Ashton, you too, whole family. And can I have any board members, Pastor Niall, um, any youth workers, that would be you, Josh, Ashlyn, um, uh, Scott LeBouy, if he's here, come on up. You guys can scoot forward a little bit so they have some room. Seniors front and center, please. Come on up. Anybody who's worked in this. Devin, your family. (laughs) Busted. Uh, And honestly, I know that there are some people here who just have special relationships with the seniors. If any of you just feel you would like to come and support them, welcome you to come and do so. (laughs) <laughs> Good, Natalie. Here's what we're going to do. If you guys would lay hands so those close to a, lay hands on our seniors, and if you're a little bit further in the back, put your hand on somebody who's touching them, we want to bless these seniors. and how better than to take them before our Lord? And so I, I've got a mic, and I am asking um, and I, I'm not afraid to use it. Um, I'm asking you guys, say a prayer. For our seniors, if you feel comfortable. Just put your hand up and whoever's got it can find you and pass it when you're done. Just say a brief prayer over our seniors. Um, Pastor Niall, can I get you to kick us off? and I'll give you this and then I'll close us up after a little while.
2: Father, we thank you for this uh, good word today. Um, on who we are and whose we are, the most important part, that we belong to you. And uh, I pray that they would remember these words and remember your word throughout their lives. Uh, your word says that uh, a child should be trained up in the way he should go. When he's old, he won't depart from it. And so I pray that none of these graduates depart from it. I pray that theirs is the long race, the marathon of life following you, looking to you, keeping their eyes heavenward. Uh, We know there will be battles and there'll be trials and and Satan will want to get in there and pull them down and as they go, we know the attack will increase and so we pray that your grace will increase, that, that your power will increase, that your care for them will increase and that in all the places they go, they will be like a light shining in darkness. And that uh, that they will run this race well to the very very end in Christ's name dear father, I just want to thank you for uh, the wonderful opportunity is to serve uh, with and for these kids um, getting to know each and one each and every one of them uh, boys' breakfast, girls' breakfast um, time in church, time outside of church camping trips everything. Um, just a wonderful opportunity to get to know these young men and women and to see them mature in you. I just pray for your continued guidance over their hearts as uh, as life drastically changes in the next several years. I just uh, just pray for your protection your guidance with them.
1: Jesus, we just thank you that um, you have brought these students this far and that um, you have instilled in them a love for you and a love for people. Um, and so, Jews, we just trust you with them. We trust that they are yours and that you are holding them, and that when a lot um, adult life gets hard, um, God, we know that you're going to be there with them, um, even when their parents aren't there or even when maybe their um, best friend isn't there. But, God, we know that you're going to be there with them. And so we trust you um, it, through your spirit to comfort them, um, to counsel them, um, to guide them in, in, your, in your truth and in the way that they should walk. And so, Jesus, we thank you for them. We thank you that you have allowed us to be a part of their lives for this season. Um, and, God, we just thank you for each one of them. And we also pray for Will this morning. And even though he's not here, we pray this over him as well and over his family as well, too. Um, we just thank you for these students. Um, and we thank you uh, for what you're going to do with them and how they're going to bring glory to your name.
3: Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Pastor Andrew who brought it to us, who can help us to meditate on it and think about it. Father, we love I love this farmer illustration that it is you that grow the crop. It is you that brings the rain and the good soil. Father, I pray that these seniors will be prayer warriors that will abide in the vine, that you will produce the fruit. Father, help them to hold on to your, your train when the going gets tough and just focus on you and keep their walk with you close that the fruit would just come in, in truckloads for your glory. In Jesus' name.
0: Lord, I just pray you be a light into these guys' students' path. Help them be great disciples. Uh, make them warriors, make them soldiers, make them farmers. Um, pray bring great relationships and friendships into their life, Lord. I pray that they're just great disciples as they go out into the world. Um, just pray that they'd be a light for you. Father God, we are thankful for these seniors. We are thankful for what you've already done and uh, just the process and the walk that you've taken them on, Lord. And we are praying your protection on them as they go. Uh, We pray that they would have people influencing them that, that pour into them from here, Lord. That we, as a church, we continue to support them, yes, but that you would invest in them greatly with people who love you and love them. Continue to grow them. Continue to help us support them um, and just be with them as they pursue being a disciple, a follower of you who makes more followers of you so that you receive the glory, Lord Jesus. Lord, we love you. We praise you for everything that these these four here and Will included are going to do. In your name, amen. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. Sorry. (laughs) Let's conclude our service uh, with an appropriate old hymn, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. If you're able, I certainly think you should stand up.